Look at this. We're here. Mike's Daily Podcast. At Cafe Anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley 10. Mike's Daily Podcast. It's F- 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 episode 2586, 2586. And Mike Matthews singing to you. And throwing sticks at the microphone Which you shouldn't do Cause that's not what it's meant for It's to pick up sound And make you sound like a super Hero That's what we have Mike's Daily Podcast On today's show Is I did Not do one yesterday And I Mike's I know it's called Daily Daily Podcast. That didn't necessarily happen. Yeah. So, please forgive me. But Friday and Saturday just was not happening for me doing this podcast. You know, if I had like thousands and thousands of dollars pouring in and a huge sponsor and lots and lots of listeners interacting with me, then maybe I would be, we'd be doing a podcast daily. But you know. There's no impetus. Ah, that's a wonderful word. So, because there is not that, I don't do it daily. But Mike, it's called Mike's Daily Podcast. Eh, well then, be there and interact with me. I give out the phone number every show. I give out the website. I give out the social media and all that. Nobody goes to it. Oh, that was awesome. I posted a little thing, a little video. I think I'm going to be all avant-garde and head of it and hipster. And I'm going to do a podcast. But like a short little cut from the podcast and put it on Instagram in the stories or whatever they call it. Nothing. Nothing. Not even a click. Not even a, anybody doing a thumbs up. Nothing. So let's just say if you gave me a little more motivation... I'm blaming you for why this show is not Here's today's podcast picture. as daily as it should be. But the podcast picture is a lovely one of my cat. The one that adopted us over two years ago now. Patches. About the time, uh, probably about half a year after I lost the late great Basil the Boxer, this cat started showing around, showing up. And so... Yes, I know, late great Basil the Boxer, you would not approve of this cat. You probably chased him out of the backyard. You probably had chased him out. Because when we took the cat in, the stray cat, to be fixed, so he doesn't procreate and create more cats. Because cats, man, they, they, they're like rabbits. Mike, it's Mikey Fikey. Cats can be pregnant with two different litters, some crazy thing. So we just said, uh, we'll get this cat fixed and, 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 and stop the problem. Stop and be not the problem, but fix the problem is what we were trying to do. And so we did that and Patches got fixed. And while he was being fixed and he was getting his shots and all that, they said, this cat is actually about five years old. So... As he is a stray He may have been in the backyard And we never saw him Back five years And the late great Basil the Boxer Would have known him Fascinating You know what else is fascinating? Easter It's happening next weekend 
And there's a story about Sister Mary Ann Who worked for a home health agency And she was out making her rounds Visiting homebound patients on Easter week When she ran out of gas As luck would have it An Exxon gasoline station was just a block away She walked to the station to borrow a gas can And buy some gas The attendant told her That the only gas can he owned had been loaned out But she could wait until it was returned Since Sister Marianne was on the way to see a patient She decided not to wait and walked back to her car She looked for something in her car that she could fill with gas And spotted the bedpan She was taking to the patient Always resourceful Sister Marianne carried the bedpan to the station Filled it with gasoline And carried the full bedpan back to the car As she was pouring the gas into her tank Two Baptists Watched from across the street One of them turned to the other and said If it starts I'm turning Catholic (laughs) (laughs) Ah Thank you Winky My mom's friend Winky Who loved to send the funny Goofy emails To my mom when she was alive And then I told Winky The sad Story of my mom passing Last year and she said Well I'll start sending you emails So thank you Winky You're the best Now I am part of that group Of Florida senior citizens Super sassy seniors I mean Super seniors That's what I meant And they uh, send me uh, funny things like that That's a nightmare of a show There you go Mom had a Bunch of great friends I'm happy with that knowledge And that she was going to the beach Just a week before her passing And enjoying what she loved doing best There in Daytona Beach So one thing that you may not know Is you may have heard A little bit of this AI stuff that's happening That's being incorporated into search engines It's very Available now to the public To do whatever they want If you have Google or Bing Which everybody does But if you use them You can access a AI service And do things like Have it print stuff for you Have it answer questions for you And apparently now In the world of radio Because Corporations that run radio stations Are Oh what's the word Cheap and always trying to cut cut the bottom line, cut a dollar out here or there, wherever they can, strip it down as much as they can. They've always done that ever since I started radio almost 40 years ago. So they just, that's what they do. Always trying to pinch a penny. Well, since there is this AI service now available to radio stations... They are basically some news reports you hear on the radio Some commercials Definitely there are a lot of commercials being used That are AI That are voiced by a robot Similar to going way way back When you maybe you had a Garmin system One of those little uh, directions maps Things that now it's in your Google Maps But Garmin used to have Well now Google Maps also talks to you Everything talks to you now Alexa talks to you 
As we go outside a cafe anyway, we're bringing you Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcastro Valley, the last place on earth. And now they're doing it so that, well, lo and behold, they've got voices that will be on the radio that will back announce songs, front announce songs. We'll get, they'll do the weather. They'll do the traffic. They'll do everything that radio people are doing on the air now. However, I got this sent to me from radio-links.com. And it says, AI killed the radio star. It says, if you believe all the industry trade press about the capabilities of artificial intelligence, it would be very easy to assume that AI will soon kill the radio star. Just like video killed the radio star. Everybody kills radio stars. Poor radio star. Artificial intelligence can write copy. In other words, write the script for commercials that are read. And voice radio commercials. Prepare show scripts. So, you know, when you're listening to a morning show. Or you're listening to National Public Radio. And you're listening to someone that sounds like this. Like, oh my God, it's National Public Radio. Uh, oh, look at what Trump did today. Preparing show scripts like NPR, I'm sure, is going to start using the, this AI stuff. It can even serve as 24-7 on-air voices. But don't turn in your microphone yet, Mike Matthews. Hosting a radio show is a demanding job that requires a combination of talent, skill, and hard work. Successful radio show hosts have mastered the art of connecting with their audience, building relationships with guests, and creating compelling content that keeps listeners engaged. That is something that AI can't do. Here are 10 reasons why AI won't replace these on-air personalities anytime soon. It mentions authenticity. Successful show hosts are authentic and genuine. They don't try to be something they're not. And they don't try to put on a fake persona for the microphone. You can't. You absolutely can't. I tried when I was younger. I wasn't fully confident in who I was, my young 20-year-old self. I didn't know what I really sounded like, so I emulated somebody else that worked at the station. I talked about that in a recent podcast. But yes, to, you have to be authentic. People know. People know when it's fake. That's why there's that thing called the uncanny valley when you're talking about computer-generated uh, imaging and, uh, and animation. And when you watch a Marvel movie that's got way too much CGI, you're like, ah, oh, it's too much. People can pick it up. People know when it's fake. People know, uh, I, I was listening, uh, actually I was producing a show, a radio show, a talk show. And the guest was someone who did background checks for big companies. Kind of like a secret, uh, a detective going behind the scenes and getting information about background checks about people that the company is interested in hiring, but they want to make sure this person is actually who they say they are on their resume. And she says the, if we, if, maybe we should just call it this, the uh, BS meter, having a radar for when people send a lot of brilliant sunshine your way. 
she says, oh, it is so amazingly easy to, to, to realize when someone is being fake. And she was saying that the average human being has an ear and an eye for that. And for the most part, since we deal with, since we've been done wrong so many times by people who are fake and are saying fake things, fake news, fake whatever, blowing sunshine up our, um, somewhere up, up, up us, blowing us up in the air with sunshine and smoke and everything. They realize when their people are being fake. Well, that's something apparently in radio that AI will never get right. Authenticity is crucial for building a loyal audience. Listeners can tell when a host is being fake and it turns them off. Flexibility. Radio is an unpredictable medium and things don't always go according to plan. As an operations manager, I know that oh so well. In fact, I thought I was going to enjoy a wonderful Saturday evening yesterday. This is also one of the reasons why I didn't do a podcast yesterday. And suddenly, the alarms go off. I get a call. Everything's going wrong at the station. There's a live show happening. And I need to help the person who's producing the show because of something, some technical thing that the engineer forgot to tell us and didn't communicate to us. So everything falls apart like a cheap suit. And I have to fix it. I have to help the guy. Luckily, the guy at the station could think on the fly, could think on his feet, and figured out a way to troubleshoot the situation and work around. He came up with a workaround brilliantly. Now, that is not something AI can do. AI has a list of, of protocols or list of... It goes down a list. It's algorithms, whatever it's called. And if something is out of whack, and unless the programmer put it in and was able to think ahead, that will not get fixed on the fly. It's an unpredictable medium, and things don't always go according to plan. On-air hosts should be flexible and adaptive, which is what they are, which uh, the employee who works for me at work, um, when all the emergency and the bells were going off in the alarms, he was able to think on his feet and he adapted and he fixed it. Able to think on their feet, adjust their content as needed. They are also comfortable with change and willing to experiment with new ideas and formats. AI, you gotta have that programmer behind the scenes to adjust for every possible outcome. And <laughs> most of the programmers I know are youngins. They're youngsters and they don't know. They haven't experienced everything. And I know there's not, all that data has not been amassed for them to know, to create the, this, uh, these. Now maybe someday they'll be creating solutions that AI will be able to foresee and correct for, but it ain't now. And on-air personalities have to have great communication skills. They must be able to articulate his or her, th her thoughts clearly and concisely engage in active listening and respond thoughtfully to callers and guests. Successful hosts are also skilled at asking insightful questions that elicit interesting responses. That is a whole bunch right there. I don't know if there are 
hosts that are skilled at asking insightful questions that elicit interesting responses. Most podcasts, I would say 90% of podcasts are interview shows where a host is interviewing a guest and it goes back and forth. But usually the host has a list of questions. He asks the question. The guest answers it. He moves on to the next question. There is no listening going on. There is no active listening. There is no thoughtful response. There are no... There may be some insightful questions written down, but insightful questions often happen on the fly as it is happening. It's like, oh, I didn't think of that one. But now as that person is talking, I got it and I'm going to do. You know who I, I'm going to do that question. You know who I originally heard that uh, was from Tom Schneider. He talked about that. He was a very good listener. Very excellent interviewer. Despite their ability to adapt on the fly, human on-air personalities know that preparation is key to delivering great content. They spend time researching their topics, creating outlines, rehearsing their delivery. This preparation allows them to speak confidently and authoritatively on their subject matter. That's true, but yours truly doesn't really do that. <laughs> I don't. This podcast is sort of off the top of my head, yes. But I don't want to read a script I've, I, there's so many podcasts are people just reading scripts. I don't like that exactly. Which basically an AI, I don't know that kind of is a AI that could be taken over by AI. That last one I was talking about. I think they're, what they're trying to say is a good radio host prepares. And a good radio host has a sense of humor which is a valuable asset. It helps to break up the monotony of the show, adds levity to heavy topics, keeps listeners engaged. Successful on-air personalities know when to inject humor into their shows and are skilled at reading their audience to determine what will resonate with them. It'll be interesting to see. Now, I don't know. I don't go to all the Reddit pages. I don't watch all the YouTube videos. I don't know if AI has actually come up with a way to tell a joke correctly because a lot of it is reading the room and reading the timing going on that is a definite human trait that I don't know can translate to artificial intelligence so also radio is not a 9 to 5 job as I've mentioned that uh, many times and of course my Saturday got disrupted so so much for that being just a weekday job Those who win at this game are willing to put in extra time and effort required to create compelling content and build relationships with their audience. They understand that their success is directly tied to their work ethic and are committed to working hard every day. Now, AI doesn't know uh, a time card. It will just keep working and working and running and running. So in that sense, AI probably does have the stronger work ethic. So don't know so much if radio... Dash links figured that part out, but I see what they're saying. The really good radio hosts are working hard and they're not just phoning it in. Now, a lot of them do. A lot of radio hosts, they figure out, oh, I can do this much work and I don't need to do anything else and I will do this much. 
Because this is what I'm getting out of this job But some go beyond Above and beyond Human hosts have a strong sense of empathy Like no artificial intelligence voice can They understand the struggles and challenges their listeners face And are able to connect with them on a personal level This empathy allows them to create content That resonates with their audience And builds a loyal following That is true Anchoring a show requires a great deal of creativity Successful hosts are always looking for new and innovative ways to present their content Engage their audience Keep the shows fresh and interesting They are willing to take risks and try new things to keep their show relevant and exciting AI could probably come up with some kind of creative algorithm A randomization of It's pulling in all this data And maybe it can randomize it But I guess what they're saying here Is an on-air personality Will know what to pick Now Nobody really knows what to pick It is sort of a A luck There's a lot of luck involved And is luck just Random items Pulled out of the air Just picked randomly And then that If it's successful That was luck was involved Can AI account for luck? The last two things it mentions is confidence Being on air can be a nerve-wracking experience Especially for new hosts Successful ones are confident in their abilities And comfortable in front of the microphone They are not afraid to speak their minds Take a stand on issues Or engage in healthy debate with callers and guests Successful radio show hosts are passionate about what they do They love the medium of radio They are passionate about their subject matter And are committed to creating great content for their listeners This passion is contagious and helps to create a loyal and engaged audience The confidence factor I could see where you could have an AI voice sound confident I don't know exactly how you would do that But maybe they could sample a bunch of confident sounding hosts And then they pull whatever that je ne sais quoi out of that And make it sound confident Whatever it is, they pull the essence out But in the end, passion A certain sort of passion that you hear in radio hosts That attracts people And it also repels some people So Who knows Is passion really important in this equation? Certainly the Programmer who's trying to Keep up with all of this And make this product That apparently some Radio companies Radio conglomerates Are going to pay money for They're going to have to have passion for it Because it is not going to be an easy game I'll tell you that For those who take that daily walk into the studio And make every story come to life Every day an event And every song something you want to be part of We thank you Thank you Radio Links I found that a very fascinating email That's probably why I just read it From front to end Top to bottom Because in the end That is going to be something you're going to hear I've already heard podcasts that have AI voicing them It was a newspaper out of Ventura County They would have the stories read by 
some sort of AI. Now, this was actually over 10 years ago. And it sounded pretty good then, so it's only improved. And who knows what it sounds like now, but... We're outside a cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcaster Valley. Look who's here. Hello, Michael Masters. The mega hollers is artificial intelligence. is so scary. Ooh. Do you like robots? Yes. Do you like chatbots? Yes. Do you like ChatGBT? No. Yeah. I don't like that name. Why did they come up? That name is the most instantly forgettable name. Why? Why is it called that? I'm going to ask Bing now. Why is it called ChatGBT? Let's see. It says, oh, it's generative pre-trained transformer. Oh, that's ex- that's a programmer coming up with that name. Hey, that's catchy. We'll call it generative pre-trained transformer. That's what it is. It's a software model that is trained to follow thought and language patterns like a human does. Ugh. That's so annoying. The chat part means that it then talks to humans in a natural sounding way. And what we were saying in today's podcast is at some point that natural starts sounding unnatural. But who knows? There's a lot to consider in all this. Did you also realize that Elvira apparently sold a mansion to Brad Pitt in 1994? It later went on. He went on to live there, Brad Pitt, with Angelina Jolie and their six kids. But before Brad was the owner, the home belonged to Cassandra Peterson, otherwise known as Elvira. As she claimed in a new interview, she unloaded the house in the 90s because it was incredibly haunted. But that turned out to be a selling point for Brad Pitt at the time, who in 1994 was just starting to get really popular. He showed up in Thelma and Louise and all the other movies that I can't think of at the moment. But if I was a chat GBT AI, I would know instantly. Elvira said that while she and her then husband were discussing the house with Pitt, quote, we were just kind of warning him that a lot of weird things have been going on there in the house since we moved in. And he was very excited about that. He thought that was really cool. Just two years earlier, I saw Elvira at a U2 concert. Well, everybody saw her because she was on a big Jumbotron screen. It was part of the U2 Octung Baby concert. And Bono was speaking to her. It was also Halloween. So we were all dressed up. I think I was dressed as a pirate. She said, these weird things weren't just shadows or strange noises. She claimed, I've seen people walking around upstairs. For example, real people just walking. One time a ghost was sitting downstairs in front of the fireplace. Once walking into my bedroom and back out. And we saw a person floating around the bottom of the pool. Okay. Uh... she purchased the house for 1.7 million in the in the when was it? It I don't doesn't say here when she originally bought it, but she did sell it to Pitt in the early 90s, and 
That is inter- In March He sold the mansion For approximately 40 million dollars And he had to 30 years He spent about 30 years At the house He made the decision To downgrade And probably that new tax For expensive houses Had something to do with it As well A lot of Movie stars have been unloading houses In the Los Angeles area Because soon they're going to be taxed If it's over a certain amount of money And Canadian filmmaker Sarah Polly Received a cruel April Fool's joke Played on her By none other than her 11 year old daughter A letter turned up yesterday morning reading We say this to you with the deepest regrets The Oscar you received was given by mistake Yes, Sarah Polly won the Best Adapted Screenplay for Women Talking. This was at the uh, 95th Academy Awards in Los Angeles last month. The letter posted on Twitter asked her to mail it back to California. It said she could keep the award for one more week so she could enjoy its presence in her home. But ultimately, it needed to be returned so it could go to the rightful winner, All Quiet on the Western Front. We're sorry for your loss, but it is only fair that the the real adapted screenplay gets the Oscar. Polly's daughter went on to joke that Oscar bosses had realized their error on the day the award was given, but wanted to avoid another blunder like La La Land being winner of Best Picture in 2017 instead of Moonlight. The filmmaker behind All Quiet on the Western Front, Edward Berger, got in on the joke. To save on mailing costs as I live overseas, the Academy asked me to provide you with my address so you can ship the Oscar directly. I will follow up shortly, okay with you? Polly, who shot to fame as an actor in the 1990s, swiftly realized the letter was not written by the Academy, but by her daughter as an April Fool's joke. But she made it clear she was not impressed, saying her 11-year-old daughter swung low. <laughs> we, fe- we feel it is wrong you get in on April 1st As you'll probably think It's a joke And we feel That it is wrong So another letter Will be sent Assuring you That this is not A joke The letter said This is much too cruel To be a joke Ergo we deeply apologize For your inconvenience We may have caused you Wow So the daughter Was doubling down This 11 year old Dang Sarah Polly So I was going to do My little joke And say that uh, Hey guys I am now wearing a toupee But And my lovely lady friend Thought that was hilarious And she said Yeah do that Do that on your podcast And I said Well I'm not doing a podcast On April Fool's Day So It ended up not happening And that's probably All right Sarah Polly Was also In Oh she Has been in uh, Stories we tell A lot of movies I have not heard of And probably you not either Ramona Straight Up Hmm Okay Well now we have gotten to the part of the show Away from her Take this waltz Don't think twice Okay Thank you very much Mike We've gotten to the part of the podcast Where we have to say hi to two more people Hello there Mike This is Valentino the parking attendant and this is Bison Bentley. Do you know what? Mike, that toupee really looks good there. Yeah, toupee. Do you know what? 
Thank you, guys. It's time now for the segment, the Mike Matthews New Tunes Feud. Let's play some stuff that I got recently sent to the podcast, Mike's Daily Podcast at gmail.com. Some folks have sent me some music, and I'm going to play a little snippet of these songs, knowing that, of course, I can't play the whole song because I'll get dinged by YouTube, and that's not cool. So here is a little bit of a band called The Manic Boys and Girls Club. Hey, Mike. We And they, they wrote to me. It was so nice. We all live with the mistakes we've made. Maybe the tattoo you regret, the relationship you should have never been in, the words you should... Uh, have said what you should not have said or said or maybe the time we've wasted will be fine is about letting go of all those things I really believe that even when nothing around us makes sense and as much of a mess as life may seem at times for whatever reason we are exactly where we are meant to be there is a plan for all of us okay here is a little bit of their song we'll be fine the Manic Boys and Girls Club. Oh, okay. It's a. Uh, 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 let's see. The the lady, the young lady has some. Of that wavy, crazy, curly, blonde hair that like Taylor Swift had when she was younger. And then there's a guy that looks like Jack White performing with her. So that's the band Manic Boys and Girls Club. We'll be fine. Song number two is from Grant Boyer. Hi, Mike. I'm a singer-songwriter. Grant Boyer, founding member of Canadian rock group Golden Gate Graves. As a solo artist, I'm excited to share my new EP, Alarm Bells. It's edgy rock with a dash of humor. Each song brings its own story to the table. That's a little bit of As We Wait, Grant Boyer from the album Alarm bells. Song number three is by Need to Breathe. They got quite popular on the Christian music charts a couple years back. The song was called Brother. And I think this is their latest one called Talk of the Town. Need to breathe. They had a song in the early O's called You Are Here. That member got some airplay. And lastly, we'll go with this one from The Twelfth Man. This is the... Hi, Mike. It says, this is the story of a band that found each other 20 years after initially banding together, then losing touch. The stars finally aligned and we knew it was time to embark on a new chapter of our lives. The Twelfth Man. Despite our man, our band name, there are just three of us. We have a big sound. Where the bass guitar often acts as the main driver of the song. The songs are unapologetic, 
often brutally honest, and take the listener on a journey through a shifting soundscape of musical pattern and dynamic form. They have a debut song called End of the World, and they got a music video for it. the 12th man end of the world I better stop it there before I get dinged there you go tell me which song you like best did you like that one with the manic boys and girls the one with the 12th man the one with need to breathe and the one with Grant Boyer which one do you like out of those just email me mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com or you can call me at 510-228-4640 Oh, we got a dark horse suddenly out of nowhere candidate that I'm going to play for you as well. Andy Wilson. Andy sends me a lot of stuff. Oh, because Andy is part of Terror Bird. That's some kind of record promoter company. And they have a song from, uh, it, let's see, it says, the, This revelation opens the creation myth at the center of the Gadur Luka Tam. Before there was light and heat, the world was cold and cruel. An archaic text from a faraway civilization where many of its inhabitants possess a formidable power known as weaving. The myth chronicles how the sun and three moons come to exist in the aftermath of a great sacrifice, an event that simultaneously serves as the genesis of weaving and the beginning of societal flourishing. In her latest musical offering, songwriter-producer Alexandra Lily Cohen tenders a glimpse into this ancient, magical setting. Okay, let's... <laughs> World of Noise is her latest single. Let's hear just a little bit of that. Okay, and she goes by the name Dominic Sen. All right, cool. There you go. There's like a fifth song for you too. So which one of those do you like? You can let me know. 510-228-4640. And with more ways to reach me, it's A-Frame. Mike's TV Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.